This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Let's have all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Well, hey there, friend. I knew you'd pop in once you heard the music. Never fails. And since it's World Dracula Day today, we've invited our nocturnal pal, P.D. Williams, who should be toasting his Pop-Tart this very minute. Morning, P.D. Why the odd hours, you ask Chester? Well, that's none of my business. But if you ever text the prick, don't expect to get a reply until around 3 a.m. It's kind of like communicating via carrier pigeon. Oh well, come on in, friend. This week I think we'll skip the cigarette. I've had a bit of a problem with my vocal cords this week, and I'm sure you can hear it now and will hear it during the story, but I hope you'll forgive me. I'm only human after all, so don't smoke them this week if you got them, but by all means drink those glasses to the bottom, because old Drew Blood has a tale to tell. Oh, hey. I didn't see you there. You know, Drew Blood's Dark Tales is only one of the many shows on this network you could be listening to. We hope you'll subscribe to our entire lineup, including Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, Scary Stories Told in the Dark, Fear from the Heartland, and Horror Hill. All available on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Also, visit simplyscarypodcast.com to become a patron. For as little as $5 a month, you get our entire catalog ad-free and available to download or stream. A bargain. And now, back to the show. In tonight's story, we join the new maintenance man of an apartment complex. Every apartment building has its characters, of course, and this one's no exception. So, without further delay, from author P.D. Williams, I give you Crazy God Lady. Beware the crazy god lady in apartment 11A, Max told Dell, the new maintenance guy. Why? Is she dangerous? You'd tell me if she was, right, Max? 
The crusty old complex manager picked through the ashtray on his chaotic desk, fished out a butt with a smidge of life left, and lit it with the dwindling cigarette between his lips. In a husky voice ravaged by decades of smoking, he croaked, No, she's creepy but harmless. Still, I'd keep things short and sweet with her. You never can tell when somebody's mental fan belt is ready to snap. Don't waste time or the owner's money on repairs. He is one cheap SOB. If you can't fix it with duct tape, WD-40, or a picture hanging wire, put them off till they get fed up and move out. Toolbox and maintenance requests are on top of the filing cabinet. Have fun! Dale wanted more clarity regarding his job duties. Instead, he was getting the old, here's your hat, what's your hurry business. He would have preferred being back doing what he knew best, hanging sheetrock. But with the recession stopping new construction, he had to take whatever he could. Here, he was putting band-aids on long-term problems at a low-income housing complex called Forest Oaks. What are you waiting for? Max bellowed. Them clogged toilets ain't gonna unplug themselves. Dale took the beat-up toolbox and the clipboard holding his marching orders and left. Once he was out of range of Max and his unadulterated indifference, Dale perused the day's assignments. Let's see. We've got Landry Joseph in D9, squealing garbage disposal. Then it's Higgins, Ruth in F3, clogged bathtub drain. Ugh, those things are nasty. Dale thumbed through the rest of the work order, stopping at a familiar address. Evans Baby, and none other than 11A. Well, nice to meet you, God Lady. Seems you have a faulty thermostat. No way Monopoly Banker guy's gonna spring for that. Of the seven residents Dale visited that day, he had only made one happy. Two had stood over him complaining about the sorry state of the apartment complex. Three had yelled at him for not fixing their problems. That left the tenant who had demanded that Dale give him his driver's license, so he'd know where to find him when he got his gun back from his cousin. When late afternoon finally reared its head, Dale was ready to call it quits. But before that happened, he had three more glorious souls to attend to. The next maintenance request jumped out at him. Hey, it's Crazy God Lady's turn. Can't wait to meet you, sweetheart. Dale knocked on the door of 11A, preparing himself to be greeted by someone odd. Just a moment, please. A feminine voice called. I've got to figure out how to get this door open. Dale's chin dropped to his chest. And so it begins, he moaned. Someone fumbled with the locks and the door opened. An elderly black woman peeked out through the wedge of opening. Can I help you, son? Her manner was kind, her smile warm and genuine. Are you Mrs. Evans? I am. Are you looking for my daughter, baby? If she's the one who placed this maintenance request, then yeah. Is she in? The woman opened the door. Come on in, sugar. I'll get baby. Dale wiped his feet on the ragged welcome mat and entered the apartment. He was struck by the overpowering smell of old dinners, 
Dusty furniture that hadn't aged well filled the cramped room. A stuffed cat with a missing ear was sitting on the floor next to a stained recliner. Dale cocked his head and thought, Nah, that's not weird. Baby! The woman hollered. The maintenance man is here! Turning to Dale, she said, Let me show you the thermostat. Dale trailed after the old woman as she shuffled along at a snail's pace. Come on, come on, he silently pleaded. Finally, they reached their destination. So, what's the problem exactly? The form only says that the thermostat isn't working. It's gotten awfully warm and stuffy in here. Baby needs it cool. I'll see what I can do, Dale said, setting his toolbox down on the dull, dirty carpet. A nearby door creaked open, and a sweet scent of strawberry incense wafted through the room. A grin traveled across Dale's face as he inwardly announced, And here she is, kids. I give you crazy god lady. He didn't know what to expect, but it wasn't the person gliding toward him with an aluminum walker. The tall, thin woman was of indeterminate age, with deep brown skin. Two large circles of cold cream decorated her cheeks, making her look like a clown with no sense of style or talent. She was dressed in brilliant white attire. A spiraling turban adorned her head. Elegant gloves covered her arms up to her elbows. The lenses of her wraparound sunglasses were pitch black, making her eyes impossible to see impossible to read. Dale thought she looked odd, mysterious, and silly. He deliberated before engaging with her. Whatever you do, don't laugh. He gave himself a couple of beats before beginning. Hi, Miss Evans. I'm Dale. The apartment manager sent me here to check on your thermostat. You don't need to explain it to me, Bebe said dismissively. I knew you'd be coming today. I have a sense of such things. Her haughty tone annoyed Dale, who smirked and said, Yeah, me too. I have a sense of what it says on the form. Want to tell me what the thermostat's doing or not doing? It's not working at all, Bebe complained. I must maintain a temperature of precisely 70 degrees. Otherwise, I can't fully observe my universe. Dale refrained from rolling his eyes, but not being a mouthy smartass was well beyond his ability. So at 71, you're blind as a bat, universally speaking. An uncomfortable silence engulfed the room. Dale couldn't see Bebe's eyes, but he felt the heat of her indignation burning into him like an ant under a magnifying glass. Oh, dear Lord, the old woman murmured. You've done and gone and done it now, boy. Bebe scowled and pushed her walker toward Dale, intimidating him. He stepped backwards until the wall said, Whoa. The woman stood to her full height, looming over Dale. You don't know who I am, do you? That's understandable. Only my chosen do. I needed to be that way. If anybody else discovered my true identity, it would ruin my plan. Dale wanted to be on the opposite side of the door. However, since he was stuck inside the strange apartment, he figured he might as well play along. You're playing, huh? 
Yes, my plan. Let me ask you, are you aware of the floods, forest fires, and other natural disasters that have worsened over the years? I guess so. Those aren't just a series of random events. They are of my making. I am God. Dale narrowed his eyes. You mean God God? No, that God is dead. I am his reincarnation. My purpose is to observe and then decide. Decide what? Whether I allow my universe to continue to exist. Dell was interested, amused. When did you turn into God? You said you were reincarnated? Bebe turned from Dell and began prowling the room. A few years ago, I fell down those stairs outside. Busted up my head pretty good. Soon after, I began having visions. I saw angels, demons, fire, and oblivion. As cosmic perception invaded my consciousness, I had terrible headaches. I was speaking in tongues and couldn't sleep. I didn't know what was happening to me. My husband wanted me to see a doctor, but he couldn't understand that my transformation was beyond human knowledge. Dale struggled to keep a straight face as Bebe prattled on. Once God relinquished his infinite energy to me, I rose to a new level of existence. When I shared my divine purpose with my earth family, they all laughed at me. They were doubters. But as they witnessed my spirit evolving, they became fearful. That's nearly interesting, Dale quipped. By all means, continue. My children told their school counselor they were frightened and embarrassed of me. He sent a social worker here to my temple. When she threatened to remove them, I ordered her to leave before my wrath consumed her and her evil ilk. Not long after, my children left with their earth father. If only they had stayed the magnificent gifts I would have bestowed on them. You can still send them a gift card, Dale teased, each of his words oozing sarcasm. Ignoring the slight, Bebe resumed her story. Sadly, I had to accept that I'd become a god without subjects. So with wisdom and purpose, I summoned my earth mother to attend to my needs. Her devotion is holy. She's keeping me hidden from the infidels until my time of judgment comes. Dell turned to Bebe's mother to gauge her reaction. She shook her head as if to say, it's the loony bin I'm keeping her hidden from. Snickering, she leaned close to Dell and whispered, I guess I'm Earth Mother, but you can call me Mavis. Given Bebe's blasphemous statements, Dell wondered if he should get out of the apartment before the real god pressed the smite button. Crazy God Lady was shaping up to be one of those difficult tenants he had weighed out. In the meantime, he needed an escape plan. He pretended to rummage through his toolbox. Listen, I don't think I have the right tools to fix your thermostat. I'll be back when I find one. 
But you hardly looked for it, observed Bebe. Yeah, well, it ain't there, joked Dale. I'm surprised you didn't already know it was missing. This darn heat must still be screwing with your psychic signal. Yes, I suppose you're right. That makes it even more important to remedy the problem. I'll tell you what, Dale. If you fix the thermostat soon, I'll grant you one miracle. Oh, that's all right. I don't need any miracles right now. Are you sure? I can heal broken bodies, bring prosperity. Why, I can even raise the dead. You sure about that? Because I'm looking at an invalid who's sharing a cheap apartment with a dead cat. <laughs> Mavis giggled under her breath. My powers aren't available to me. That would be self-serving, Bebe explained. But I can bless others. We'll have to keep it to ourselves, of course. Otherwise, I'll give myself away. Dell wrestled with a yawn as Bebe's entertainment value continued to dissipate. He looked at Mavis, who was peering down at her shuffling feet. It seemed as though she, too, was longing for a wrap-up. I'll chew on it for a while, Dell said. In the meantime, I gotta get going. So many repairs, so little time. Then he thought, and so little interest. He got to the door quickly. By the week's end, Dale was ready to give Max his two weeks' notice. Frustration and exhaustion had filled him to the brim. Thinking of his plight, he thought, I'd rather live out of my truck and eat nothing but bologna sandwiches. He looked at the list of impatient tenants demanding to see him, if only for them to have someone to yell at or threaten. As he flipped through the stack of forms, something curled around his ankles. A cat. Get out of here! As the cat fled, Dale noticed its missing ear. I've never seen a cat so banged up before. Only that dead one in. Dale wondered if the stress from the job was making him skittish. He had a lot of work to do, so he gave himself a short mental pep talk. Just be cool, my man. The animals around this dump are as damaged as everything else is. Feeling a tad better, he went about his duties. However, as the day dragged on, uneasiness began clinging to him like cold oil. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A few days later, Dell was sitting on one of the rotten picnic benches next to the complex's decrepit playground. Those poor kids, they ought to hook them up to an IV of tetanus vaccine, he remarked to himself. His mood sank further after he looked inside his crumpled brown lunch bag. He had prepared himself for the minuscule budget he'd be living on after he quit by eating bologna sandwiches for lunch every day. Speaking of crappy, he groaned. He was choking down the cheap dry bread when he heard a siren. Soon its well was rolling through the complex. Dale wasn't concerned. The place had its share of fights, drug deals, and burglaries. He finished his lunch and headed in the ruckus's direction. Dale found an ambulance parked in front of Building 11. Good thing the action's here, he thought. Crazy God Lady can walk over to whoever's messed up and heal them. Then he saw the door to Bebe's unit open and thought, Uh-oh, hope she hasn't killed anybody. He waited along with the ever-growing group of curious residents. Dale turned to the man standing next to him. Any idea what that's about? Shoot, I don't know, the man said. It's either that whack job or her mama, probably the old lady. If it was the whack job, they would have taken a straitjacket in with them. After a while, the EMTs carried Mavis out on the stretcher. She looked unconscious but alive. Her IV bag swung from side to side as they toted her down the rickety stairs and into the waiting ambulance. When the vehicle drove away, the crowd of gawkers dispersed, leaving Dale alone. He wondered if Bebe needed a ride to the hospital. He considered offering her one, but his mind catapulted the idea from his head. The number of work orders he needed to complete was something he thought about. However, his conscience suggested that he'd at least go up and see if Bebe was okay. As he ascended the cracked warp steps, he told himself, If it's gonna be an ordeal, just wish her well and leave. Dell knocked on the door and waited. Nobody was on the other side when it opened. Despite his apprehensiveness, he peered inside the apartment. The sight stupefied him. Bebe was in the kitchen, too far away to have opened the front door. She was humming an eerie melody and stroking the resuscitated cat. She looked at Dell and smiled. Her stained, broken teeth made her look like a feral animal. Oh, hello there, Dale. You ready for that miracle yet? Dale's jaw fell ajar. His tongue was as dry as sawdust. As soon as enough warmth returned to his body, he turned and ran, leaving Bebe to her worries and her creepy feline. Dale stopped a short distance later to catch his breath and cull his thoughts. How had Crazy God Lady been able to open the door? Had she been cradling a once-dead cat? A chill climbed the steps of his spine as his heart danced in his chest. Time to get out of here. This crap's insane. Despite the waiting tenants, Dell skipped out and went home to do some heavy drinking.
The following morning, Dell tracked Max down and gave him his two weeks' notice. He took care not to mention the previous day's scare. I know it's kind of short notice, Dell explained, but things aren't working out the way I planned. The stress is getting to me. I saw this coming a mile away, groused Max. If it ain't one thing, it's two. All right, then. Just finish what you can, and I'll notify the owner we need another warm body down here. Max pulled a small flask from his hip pocket and took a couple of big swigs. Should you be drinking this early in the day? Asked Dale. Hey, it's eight o'clock somewhere, Max declared. He gave a parting burp and staggered away, giving a wide berth to some large imaginary object in his path. Dale was relieved that his departure was official, leaving him in a good mood for the rest of the morning. He was unscathed by the crude and impersonal epithets hurled at him by the inhabitants of the dysfunctional complex, as his soul had flown too high for their offenses to reach. He only allowed the swirl and chatter to affect him once when he overheard Mavis had died from complications related to her high blood pressure. Her daughter's a laughing loon, he thought, but the old woman was sort of sweet. Can't help wondering what's going to happen to crazy god lady without her. By late afternoon, things were winding down. Dell had fixed the leaking toilet in 7G and was heading back to drop off the paperwork and toolbox. The shortest path took him alongside Building A. The thought of Crazy God Lady returned to him as he walked past her apartment, giving him the willies. Looking up at the open window, he saw movement. He stopped to take a better look. His face blanched when he saw Mavis close the curtains. Dell's lungs refused to pull in air. A part of him feared the ghost might see him, stealing his soul with a single glance. Fueled by terror and adrenaline, he sprinted to the office. As soon as he arrived, he threw open the door, leaned in, and threw the toolbox and clipboard toward the filing cabinet. Then he fled as though his sanity depended on it. On his way home, he returned to the liquor store. The fright had made him a thirsty boy again. As his tenure with the complex dwindled, Dell avoided walking near Building A. Although it had happened days prior, he still broke out in prickles of fright whenever he recalled the dead woman's image in the window. On his last day, Dale was attempting to repair the cooling coil on the refrigerator. As he labored in vain, he thought of the classic song by Queen, Another One Bites the Dust. After pronouncing the appliance dead, he began quietly packing his tools, hoping to avoid a verbal nipple twisting from the resident. He paused when he overheard the man talking on the phone. I'm telling you, Reggie, Shauna said she could have sworn she saw Mavis picking up the mail outside Baby's door. I told her she needed to get off the pipe. People are just taking that voodoo daughter of Mavis's too seriously. So it wasn't my imagination, Dell thought. The realization only added to his horror. The tenant, Rogers was his name, overheard Dell filling his toolbox. Listen, I gotta go. The useless repairman's getting ready to leave. I need to make sure the fridge got fixed. The loud noise of the angry man stomping toward the kitchen interrupted Dale's thoughts. He steeled himself for the fury guaranteed to follow his bleak assessment of the refrigerator. Oh, I know you ain't leaving me with a busted fridge. 
No, sir, it's not that. It's just that I need to order a new part. It should arrive in a few days, tops. Dell knew Max would never place the order, but he reasoned that after today he'd be long gone from the land of the lovable losers and its odd inhabitants, including their pets. After completing his final assessment, Dale returned to the office to tie up any loose ends with Max before leaving for good. He discovered the crotchety old man sitting at his desk listening to a baseball game through a scuffed-up radio on top of a filing cabinet. Wispy clouds of blue smoke filled the cramped office, adding to the dry stench left by millions of cigarettes smoked over the years. Dell stared at the man who oversaw the dumpster fire called Forest Oaks and felt a twinge of pity. Poor Max seemed like someone who looked back on his life forlornly, knowing that it had whipped him. All done, boss. Guess this is where we shake hands and part ways. Not so fast, my friend. As Max spoke, the ubiquitous cigarette adhered to the corner of his mouth bounced around like an orchestra conductor's baton. Before you go bebopping out of here, we got one more request to tend to. You didn't think you'd leave early on your last day, did you? I need you to take one final beating. Max, I'd rather smear my privates with honey and go looking for hungry bears. Come on, kid. You can handle it. It's the last one. Dell's shoulders slumped, his mouth drooping in a frown of disappointment. <sighs> okay, what do you got? Well, my boy, are you going out in style? It's for 11A, crazy god lady. Please hold your applause till the very end. She wants you to check out that stupid thermostat again, Max continued. Just give her the quick once over to shut her up. Then tell her the new guy will handle it. See, it's easy peasy lemon squeezy, George Jefferson married Wheezy. As Max laughed at the witty remark, a wet ball of phlegm lodged inside his hitching chest, causing Dill to grimace in disgust. The old man coughed so forcefully that it sounded like he was trying to hack up exact change. The sickly puddle made it as far as his throat before he swallowed it, sending it back into his tobacco-ravaged lungs. Whoa, he said proudly. <laughs> that was a keeper. Returning to his instructions, he said, Now, where was I? Oh, yeah. Get this whack job off my back and out of my life. Now would be good. Max, listen. Listen, Dale stammered. I'd rather not take this one on. Can't you wait and give it to the next guy? You sent me there on my first day. It'll be a great way to break him in. Come on, Max, please. Max shook his head, making it clear to Dell that his idea was a no-go. Mm-mm. Kid, it's only three in the afternoon. Technically, you're on the clock for another two hours. Just knock this one out, and I'll cut you loose early. Dell had no desire to enter the domain of the self-professed god again, and if Mavis was traipsing about, he didn't want to see her. Since in Dell's hesitation, Max put the pedal to the metal with his coercion. I'd hate for the main office to hold on to your last paycheck because you clocked out before your scheduled time. Then he played his last card by challenging Dell's manhood. You ain't spooked by crazy god lady, are you? <laughs> what a sissy. The words hit Dell hard enough to make him ponder his decision. 
you know that you'll always regret not meeting this head on. Just go and face your fears. There was no ghost, is no ghost, and will never be a ghost. However, much like the residents when he peddled his spiel, he wasn't buying it. He wanted to be done with the place, so he went along to get along. All right, I'll do it. But when I'm done, I'm done. That's the deal, Smokehouse. Max looked impressed. Smokehouse? I like that one. See, you have some backbone after all. Seriously, kid. Take one for the team and I'll give you the best reference in the world. Dale forced a disingenuous grin. Gee, thanks, Max. Grabbing the toolbox, he headed out the door. Behind him, he heard Max yell, Don't let crazy god lady curse you, dipwad! <laughs> Dale waited a few minutes before knocking on Bebe's door. Despite his earliest boost of courage, he regretted his decision. He rapped on the door. The bologna sandwich rolled around in his stomach. Suddenly, the front door flew open as if a violent gust of wind had struck it. Again, there was no one there. He hesitated to enter. Uh, hello? Miss Evans? From the entrance, Dell watched the bedroom door open. Bebe, dressed head to toe in her ethereal ensemble, pushed her walker into the living room. Yes, Dell. Come inside and close the door. Panting with every footstep, Dell entered, closing the creaking door behind him. He waited before speaking, hoping his voice wouldn't betray his nervousness. When he was ready, he said, I'm sorry, ma'am, but I still don't have the part to fix your thermostat. I thought you said it was a tool you required. Dale felt unguarded. It's a part and a tool. Listen, a new guy's starting on Monday. The stuff to fix it should be here by then. Bebe cocked an eyebrow in suspicion and drew closer to Dale. It's too warm in here for me to know if you're lying. Perhaps she can get the truth out of you. A stiff hand gripped Dale's shoulder from behind. He quaked as he turned his head. Mavis peered into his eyes, displaying the warm smile he remembered from their first meeting. Nothing about her appeared ghostly. She was simply alive again. Frigid blood gushed through Dell's veins like glacial water. Ow. A throaty growl rising from the floor drew Dell's eyes downward. Seeing the resurrected cat turned his flesh to stone. Bebe addressed Mavis, her voice seeming far away like a whisper from another room. Earth Mother, is this man lying to us? Mavis continued smiling as she nodded her head to signal yes. Bebe became enraged. You've lied to your god for the last time, she snarled. You've been indifferent, dishonest, and disrespectful. What should I do with you, infidel? Dell's body threatened to faint. He wanted, needed to leave. He turned toward the door, but seeing Mavis standing there with her eternal grin changed his mind. 
The cat serpentined through Dale's legs like a thick snake, making him jerk and back away. His gaze bounced between Crazy God Lady, the walking corpse of Mavis, and the hissing one-eared cat. He took a few steps backward, tripping over a cardboard box. He dropped through the empty air, arms pinwheeling. There was a loud crack as Dale's head hammered the wall behind him, snapping his neck. Unable to move, breathing became difficult. From his shoulders down, he was a lifeless hunk. Bebe moved her walker until she stood over him, a look of satisfaction on her dark face. Well now, Mr. Maintenance Man, I believe you just broke your neck. Soon you're going to die. You should have fixed the air conditioning. I would have granted you a miracle. I still can if you repent of your transgressions. Fear and desperation flooded Dell's emotions. He could sense his life drifting from him like a vapor. He appealed to the woman who could raise the dead and heal the broken. <laughs> I'm so sorry for everything I did to offend you. <laughs> Please. I want to live. I forgive you. But you need to understand that resurrection has its rules. First, you must die. Then you will face my judgment. Now speak the truth this time. Do you believe I have the power to raise you? If so, you have my promise of renewed life. Dell looked at the woman whom he'd ridiculed, realizing that he had judged her harshly, ignorantly. Yes, I believe. I... Nothingness. <sighs> Dell yanked air into his body. He felt weak and drowsy like he had awakened from an all-night bender. As his mind returned to life, he recalled recent moments from the world he'd left, working with his hands, fixing lights and holes in walls. Then an image of crazy god lady invaded his memory. She'd promised him something, but a promise of what? Life? It was life. And healing. He smiled as he wiggled his toes and drummed his fingers. Well, what do you know? That Looney Tunes the real deal, he said. Dale tried sitting up and bumped his head. Ah! Despite his eyes being open, he couldn't see anything. His searching hands probed the darkness. Where am I? He wondered. Confused and alarmed, he cried out. Hey, God lady! Where are you, Miss Evans? Dale waited for a reply. When no one answered, he began picking through myriads of explanations. Maybe I'm dreaming. I might be in limbo. What if I'm alive, but... <laughs> His body sweated pearls of ice as he grasped what had happened. And it was awful. 
A heavy horror seized him as he realized Crazy God Lady had kept her word. He had been raised from the dead, healed. However, there had been judgment involved. Dale began sobbing, trapped in the eternal blackness. He could just make out the sound of rain hammering his grave. And that was Crazy God Lady by author P.D. Williams. A good reminder to change the batteries in your thermostat. Also, bologna sandwiches aren't really so bad when it comes down to it. Relatively speaking, of course. A little about the author. P.D. Williams is an author of short horror fiction, composer of music, and prolific eater of barbecue. His upcoming audiobook, Dark House, Many Rooms, will be released later this spring and will feature the best voices in horror, such as Jeff Sturdivant, Paul J. McSorley, Drew Blood, and others. For more info on P.D., visit him at pdwilliamsauthor.com or inside the dumpster behind Harris Teeter where he loves to go dumpster diving for discarded baked goods and personal hygiene products. <laughs> Thanks, P.D., And do old Drew Blood a favor, would you? Subscribe to his podcast wherever you do your listening and leave him a five-star review and a kind word, even if you're listening on YouTube. He needs soldiers on all fronts to win this battle, and he appreciates it. To hear a premium ad-free edition of tonight's and all the other episodes, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click Patrons in the upper menu. You'll find yourself at ChillinTalesForDarkNights.com where you can become a patron for as little as $5 per month and get access to their entire audio archive, all ad-free and available to download or stream. Thank you for your time and for supporting our sponsors. When you support our sponsors, you support this show. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chillin' Tales for Dark Nights there where you'll get all the latest updates and new releases and have the chance to interact with them each and every week. Oh, and you can find Drew Blood on Facebook and Instagram, and sometimes Twitter. The Drew Blood's Dark Tales podcast is accepting submissions, friend. If you've got a story or two you'd like to be featured on the show, send it to drewbloodhorror at gmail.com. If selected, you'll get the full treatment, 10 Bananas. Well, I'm afraid this is where we part ways, friend. At least till next week. So grab a drink for the road, and keep an eye out for those creepy Dracula fanatics. Not that I'm afraid you'll get bit, it's just that their impressions are pretty annoying. I'd like to take the time to thank each and every fan for all the wonderful comments y'all send me each week on the YouTube channel. I really appreciate them, and believe me, I read each and every one of them. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. So may the wind be at your back, and may the road rise up to meet you. And for lack of further witty repartee, go fuck yourselves. (laughs) Sorry about the fried vocal cords this week. Good night, y'all.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.